Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome everybody to the FIGHT podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 110, 110 of the FIGHT podcast, man. And uh, yo, we got a, a pretty packed show for you guys today, man. Um, since I have so much to go over, let's just go ahead and start off by saying, remember, the FIGHT podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Um, also, remember, the FIGHT podcast is on all social media platforms at the FIGHT podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, uh, also support the show, man. We have merch for sale. Check us out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Um, we're everywhere. Podcasts are available. So go ahead and subscribe, listen, download, share, rate. And, um, and again, man, go ahead and buy some merch, man. So boom. Um, you know, like I said, Serge Vicente, man, uh, episode 110, this week was packed, man. We have a lot of fight news to get to. Um, there's, I mean, everybody's fighting this weekend. We have an action packed, uh, made not as much boxing, um, this upcoming weekend. Uh, but we have a lot of MMA PFL is back this week. Uh, the pro fighters league, uh, their season two kicks off this upcoming Thursday. So that's going on. I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but there's also some UFC action, pay-per-view, UFC 237, Rose um is uh, is defending her belt. And uh, who else do we have? Bellator, man. Bellator has a stacked card. Uh, we have uh, Micah Chandler's uh, defending his 55-pound title, 155-pound title, his lightweight belt against Pitbull, um, who is moving up and uh, trying to become a champ champ at Bellator from 145 to fighting for the 155-pound belt. So that should be a good one. Um, that card also has more of the welterweight tournament, and that's with, um, obviously, Douglas Lima and um, uh, Michael Venom Page, man. So a lot to get to. But uh, I want to start off, man. I want to definitely kick it off with doing a really quick recap of this past weekend. This past weekend, I'm going to start off with uh, MMA because obviously I think the boxing, uh, more than anything else, really took over. You know, you think about it. That was the it doesn't matter who was fighting, even though by far the MMA fight was more entertaining the names that the boxing fight had with the Canelo and Danny J. You know what? I've already talked about it. Forget it. Let's go ahead and dive into that one first. Um, Canelo Alvarez, um, we can all say, and I talked about this a lot on my last episode, but 
Um, Canelo Alvarez, the face of boxing, the face of the zone. He went ahead and actually defended and actually gained um, another belt. And he's the um, the unified uh, middleweight champion now. Um, he ended up picking up uh, Danny Jacobs IBF belt. And look, technical matchup. Um, I had uh, Canelo winning after watching it a couple of times. I had him winning 115, 113. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I talked about this a lot, like I said in the last episode. But, yo, the the judging, not the judging. The judging, it is what it was. I mean, it wasn't a bad decision. I agreed with the judges for the most part. Two of the judges had the same way I did. One had it 117, 114 or something along those lines. Look, I'm not mad either way. Um, but the play-by-play, Brian Kenny, Sergio Mora, man, bad, man. It was bad. They went out there, and the entire time, it just felt the, as biased as it was for Canelo. I mean, come on. Yeah, even Canelo fans had to be cr- cringing at the time. And here's the thing. I'm a Canelo fan. I love Canelo. And it was to the point, even as a Canelo fan, I was like, okay, look, we got it. You guys like Canelo. These dudes are fanboying out the entire time. It was ridiculous. So um, aside from that, um, the fanboying out, it was a technical match. Um, a lot closer than I think they made it. But at the end of the day, man, it, it was just a boring fight. It was boring. It was super boring. It, it didn't have the intensity of the like a Canelo Triple G. It didn't have an intensity of even a Danny Jacobs Triple G. There was no intensity. It, it was it, it, it felt lackluster, man. I felt like I was left wanting a lot more. Nobody landed any huge. Nobody was really in trouble at any point in time. It just really felt like a real technical matchup, a real technical chess match. And let's be honest, who who wants to see that? <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, look, I love it. I love watching it. It is a great thing. Don't get it twisted. It is. But at the end of the day, people want to see a little bit more action than that. People want to see great fighters pushed. And neither of those guys actually didn't push at the time. So, look, that was that fight this upcoming weekend. The other big fights, obviously, we're going to go ahead and shift over to the UFC um, Bellator had a couple um, uh, good matchups, um, but obviously I definitely want to talk about the UFC. UFC was headlined by Donald Cowboy Cerrone and um, Al I Raging Ally Quinta. Man, yo, I, I don't know what it is. Ever since Donald Cerrone's had a baby, he is now three and zero. He went out there and got a unanimous decision win against Ally Quinta. Look, it wasn't even close. Um, Donald did start off really slow, slower, and he used to start off slow in the past. And when you used to see Donald Cerrone start off slow, it was it was inevitable that he was about to get murked. We we saw it coming. Everybody knew it. You know, but um, it seems like ever since he's got a new kid, man, he's changed up some things. Um, he has Joe Schilling, one of my favorite kickboxers in the world, now as a staple in his camp. He has made some changes, man, um, with the baby, with the camp, um, separating himself from Jackson Wink. And he seems to be flourishing. Donald Cerrone at 35 years old seems like he's the best that he's ever been. Um What's next for Donald Cerrone? And here's the thing. I'm not going to stun. Ally Quinta looked amazing. Ally Quinta went out there and looked great. And he still got destroyed, man. So a uh, great win by uh, Donald Cerrone. 
Um, does he deserve a title shot? Yes, 100% he deserves a title shot. But, and this is a big but, if there's an opportunity to fight Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone should take that. This right now, honestly, I, even more than a championship fight for Donald Cerrone, I believe that that's the fight that makes sense. The fight that makes sense is Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is not going to get a championship fight. We already know who is going to have that championship fight. That's Dustin Poirier. He's the interim champ. He gets the title fight. What will be the biggest payday for everybody involved? It's Conor versus Cowboy. We got the America, we got, you know, again, so we got the America, we got the Irish. We got Budweiser versus Proper 12. We had that that little melee that they had back in the day at the uh, at the press conference where they were talking shit against each other. There's a lot there. There's already a lot there. So you can sell that fight. And here's the thing. Donald Cerrone, honestly, I believe his star power is bigger than ever right now. Donald Cerrone's star power is huge right now. He's breaking all kinds of records. He has the most wins in UFC history. He has the most finishes in UFC history. He's back down at lightweight. He is on a win streak. This is the best number one contender fight. The winner of this fight gets a title shot. Connor can get his name back in the mix. I think it makes sense. I really believe it makes sense, man. I think that's the best fight for both guys. Um, so, yeah, everybody's stock, you know, kind of stays the same. Um, but all in all, man, solid fight weekend. Um, I can kind of get into a bit more of the card, but... There's a lot more. I just really want to touch on the uh, on the main events and the ones that had by far um, the most uh, the most intrigue, man. So um, with that being said, let's go ahead and transition a little bit, man. We're going to go ahead and talk about fight news, fight news, episode 110. And uh, look, I want to start off with something that actually kind of made me laugh. And I can't, I can't lie. I forgot about it. Um, this past weekend, it was on flow, uh, flow combat. Um, you can follow them online. They're, they're incredible. They have a lot of great, uh, grappling tournaments, uh, flow grappling, flow combat, um, uh, an amazing news source also for, uh, for all combat sports, man. Just all those, uh, those, uh, flow combat flow, uh, grappling and all that good stuff. Um, but they went ahead and actually hosted, and this was actually awesome because it was at a uh, Madison square garden. And um, it was at the um, the Hulu Theater at, at Madison Square Garden. And uh, Jordan Bur- Burroughs um, went ahead and actually got a, um, what is it called? Uh, he got a tech fall against uh, Ben Askren, 11-0 against Ben Askren. So, look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't always, I, I watch a lot of jiu-jitsu. I don't, I don't do not tend to watch a lot of wrestling. But I had to see this. And why is this so important? Why was this something that um, I even cared to watch, right? Yo, Jordan, Jordan Burroughs, for those of us who don't know, gold medalist, one of the most decorated um, amateur wrestlers ever. 
Um, dude goes around still wins all of the tournaments and people have also talked about him even Dana White has talked about him coming to MMA so he went out there and actually went up against one of MMA's best wrestlers in Ben Askren and remember that is what Ben Askren is known for everybody knows what makes Ben Askren better than everybody else Ben Askren ran through Bellator. Ben Askren ran through um, one championship, strictly using his wrestling. So on paper, when you looked at this, this is two guys who are all Americans, but one guy that's still in the mix, one guy that's, you know, his focus is elsewhere. Let's be honest. So I think a lot of people thought that Jordan Boros would win, but yo, 11-0, and um Watching it, if you haven't been able to chance, yo, it wasn't even close. It wasn't close at all, man. Um, every, I mean, he was getting just bullied. He got double legged. I mean, just it, it looked like somebody on the varsity going against somebody on JV. It, it was that lopsided, man. Um, and and it also made you realize that when you have specialists, like real specialists, man. Like, even our top guys, man, can't hang. It's crazy. Look at Conor versus Floyd. That's a specialist. You can't hang. Jordan Burroughs versus Ben Askren. These guys who are amazing at striking or amazing at grappling in mixed martial, in our realm, they're fantastic. And we put it together better than anybody else. Those individuals, Jordan Burroughs, Floyd Mayweather, the Taekwondo chick, whoever it is, you bring them to the middle they're not going to be as good, obviously. We blend it best together. The MMA fighters, the MMA community, the martial artists blend it together. But man, bro, when you have an opportunity to go out there and really look at what some of these, you know, specialists are doing, how good they are in their sport, yo, blow you away. And if you get an opportunity to check that out, <laughs> yo, Ben Askren got, he, he got treated, man. Uh, he, he was, he got ragdolled. That, that's, that's the best way to put it. It wasn't even close, man. It looked bad. Uh, it, it was borderline embarrassing. And then, you know, Ben Askren, he stands up, he's smiling, he's acting like everything is good, trying to shake hands. Um, even afterwards, he made the excuses. If this is my first, you know, um, competitive wrestling match in nine years, what's up? What can you do? Okay, what can you expect? Ah, you know, if you won, you'd been out there talking spicy. So you got to keep that same energy, man. Um, but look, it was fun to watch. I, I, I'm happy that the UFC allowed him to do it because a lot of times the UFC doesn't even allow um, their athletes to do different things. But yo, Ben Askren's wrestling. He wasn't going to allow himself to get hurt. Um, so I'm glad that that happened, man. Um, all right. Uh, keep him going. Moving to the UFC a little bit. Tony Ferguson um, is apparently back. He went ahead. He went ahead and and, uh, and tweeted this past uh, week. Um, and here, actually, I got it. He tweeted May sixth at uh, five fifty five p.m. He said, "I'm back, MFers, champ shit only." And this was after a Sunday meeting with the UFC uh, brass, and that's according to ESPN's Brett Akimoto. Um, it seemed like him and his management team went over there just to kind of see what was going on. Um, it seems like he's back. He's healthy. Um, for those of us that don't know, um, Tony Ferguson has been going through some type of mental 
breakdown disorder of some sort and people and it seems like the entire community is worried about him generally worried about him everybody wants him to get better uh his wife had to get a restraining order but it wasn't because of anything domestic he was just out there doing some really wild shit in the middle of the night and she was kind of worried about it um like thinking there were like cameras in the walls and they you know they're watching me type of nonsense i've talked about a little bit on the on the show before but um and not to like poke fun at um at tony ferguson it's it's this is a really serious matter but look man it seems like he's back he started he's working his way to get healthy um they said especially brett akimoto he went out of espn said that you know nothing is set in stone but they left there saying it was an extremely positive meeting and tony ferguson is on the way back um to to getting back in the in the cage man um Yo, let's not forget, man, Tony Ferguson is an absolute beast, yo. Um, he's 35 years old, yes, but he's on 11 fight win streak. Um, it's incredible, man. Um, what else? What else? Dana White did say this, and I did appreciate this. He did say that um, his return is going to be contingent on the UFC doctor's approval. So, again, I think that's what that meeting was more to do with. So, again, we'll see what happens, right? I'm not sure um, um, they're going to have him fight right away. Obviously, you're not going to have him fight. And think about this. And, I, and I've been thinking about who, when he finally comes back, who should he fight? Connor and Cowboy should be the ones fighting. Dustin ends up fighting... Um, Dustin Poirier fights your boy, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov for the for the title. Have Anthony Pettis go ahead and fight Nick Diaz when Nick Diaz comes back, and have Justin Gaethje, the two most violent guys in the division, Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson. Let them go at it. I think that would be the best possible scenario. And here's the good thing, man. It finally seems like all the madness with the McGregor craziness over the last few years. Um, and the jumping back and forth of the divisions and how um, there was such a there was such a log jam in the lightweight division for such a long time. And it seems like it has finally worked itself out. And it seems like there's going to be some little bit more regularity and the champion is going to be able to fight consistently. And there's like legitimate number one, two, three, four, five contenders in the organization now. So um, it's fun. And look, man, we've said it before. That is, if not the best in the world, that's one of the best or the best divisions in the world. One of the best divisions in the best organization in the world, man. That's uh, the lightweight division, the UFC, man. They're, 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 they're incredible, man. Um, all right. This was big. This was something else that came that was big this week. It popped up this past weekend. But Daniel Cormier, as we already know, and I think I talked about a little bit last week, uh, Brock Lesnar retires. He is no longer going to go ahead and compete in MMA, at least to this point. So he's not going to go ahead and fight Daniel Cormier. A lot of people have been talking a lot of shit to Daniel Cormier about it. People were mad at him, blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest. This isn't Daniel Cormier's fault. How could this be his fault? It was something that the organization dangled in front of him. And they also told Stipe Miocic if Stipe beat Daniel, he would get that fight too. So that's something that both of those guys were actually looking forward to. And if you look at it, yo, DC deserved that. He's been through the ringer. He's been the ultimate company, man. And this was a great way to send him out. 
So now that doesn't seem like that's coming to fruition. That's okay. Now Stipe finally gets his wish. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate how it happened. I really do, man. I really hate how it happened. Um, Stipe in this whole scenario, in my opinion, really came off as entitled. I deserve a title shot. You know, he beat me. So what? It's a fluke. Fam, it's a fight. You got knocked out. He could have fought one more time and been right back into the situation and nobody would have complained at all. No one, no one would have complained. But he sat back, said, I deserve it, I deserve it, I deserve it, I deserve it. And look, at the end of the day, on paper, yes, he probably did deserve it. But the way he went about it was booty. It was so trash the way he went about it. And at the end of the day, I'm with DC's original comment. And what DC originally said was that, look, man, this dude does not deserve. um, He doesn't deserve a shot against my title anymore. He doesn't. And DC said he didn't want to fight him again strictly because he said, look, I beat this guy in the first round. How could I do it better? And he has a point. He does. He does have a point. But the purest semi, let's be honest, this is probably the two best guys in the division. Let's see it. So what's going to happen? August 17th, Anaheim, uh, California. They're running it back. Stipe versus DC. Um, This one should be good. I'm not going to stunt. Everybody thought that DC wasn't going to fight anybody else. They said that DC said, once I turn 40 in March, I'm done. I'm walking away from the sport. Well, look, we all know now he's still fighting and now he's even extended his timeline. He says he wants to go out there. He says he wants to compete at two two more fights. He says he wants two more fights. He wants to fight Stipe, defend his title and then he wants to drop down to 205 pounds and actually defeat john jones ariel hawani even on his show when he was asked that this past week he asked daniel cormier this and then he said why would you fight him at heavyweight at, at that weight class when you're obviously better at heavyweight he said nope i want to do it where it happened i gotta make it right and that's how dc is so how do I feel about that fight? I, I obviously believe that Daniel Cormier has a better opportunity winning at heavyweight. I think Daniel Cormier truly is the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Um, in beating Stipe, I think he's going to beat Stipe again, to be honest with you. Um, I think he adjusts better than, um, than Stipe does. And he's going to look really, really great. I think it's going to be a tough fight. Stipe's a dog. He's an absolute monster. He is in the conversation for the greatest heavyweights and one of the greatest fighters of all time. But he's not going to beat DC. And if Daniel Cormier fights John Jones again, Daniel, yes, he has an opportunity to win. He was arguably winning the second fight before he got clipped. Which means he could probably do the exact same thing again if he shears up his defense a little bit and doesn't, even in his own estimations, has a lack of focus. He'll end up being all right. So we'll end up seeing what happens, man. But um, I think when it's all said and done, Daniel Cormier absolutely will be looked at as one of the greatest of all time. And his career afterwards, as we already know, is going to be it's already set in stone, man. All right. Um, check it out. Next, I'm going to talk about PFL just a little bit. And from there, I'm just going to go ahead and run straight 
um, into all the uh, the upcoming fights for this upcoming week. All right, man, because uh, this is a little bit of fight news, uh, but at the same time, yo, PFL, they're back. Um, they had a really, really successful season one Pro Fighters League. Um, they got all kinds of like sponsors, and now they're actually even featured on ESPN, which is incredible. Um, so they're, dude, they're moving on up. They're moving on up, and they're a great alternative to the UFC. The UFC, obviously, we know how it works. It's the pay-per-view model. You know, we the, the best fight the best. Um, PFL is different because what they do, they do a tournament style. Um, they start off with 64 athletes. Um, they And pretty much they do like a fight. And then they end up having, that's, that's like the first round. And after the first round, they end up putting everybody in a bracket tournament, like a 16-man whatever bracket, right? So once they put everybody bracket, it's just like March Madness and they let it rock. And then um, at uh, the end of the year, the December 31st show of the New Year's Eve show, they do they the winners is for a million dollars. Whoever wins ends up getting a million dollars. So first season went great. Um, now that they're on ESPN, they're going to get more exposure. People are going to really be able to tell the storylines and really build it even more. So I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. And I think... Um, um, what the PFL is doing, um, is great. Um, obviously this pat this upcoming week, they're pushing their superstar and their superstar that they're pushing, which, you know what? I'm happy that they're doing and they're go. They're actually pushing, um, gold medalist PFL, um, competitor, uh, Kayla Harrison. Uh, she's a two time gold medalist and she's going to go ahead and fight the Russian, um, Slavana, uh, Korshina. And look, that should be an easy fight for Kel Harrison. They're actually even doing, which look, I think is a little interesting. They're doing 155 pound. Um, it's a smaller, but it's a female tournament within the tournament also. I'm shocked because I don't didn't know that there were, look, Cyborg is a huge woman. And she fights at 145 pounds. The fact that they have, you know, that Kayla Harrison's fighting at a buck 55. The f- I, I'm surprised they fight. They can find enough women to actually fight against her um, in this tournament. So obviously they're setting it up for her to win. But one of the cool things about it is that Sarah Kaufman, someone who was the former Strike First champion at 145 pounds, the former Invicta champion at a buck 45, she's moving up in weight to go ahead and end event. Hopefully fight Kayla Harrison in the final. So um, we'll see what ends up happening, but that's how they're setting that up. And that should be really, really entertaining, man. Look, if you don't know, Sarah Kaufman is an OG of OG. Really, really solid striking. Really, really great ground game, man. She's one of the most well-rounded fighters out there. Um, and she's one of the OGs of the female game, man. So um, they're setting it up, the tournament, well, man. And they've actually already released um, their first uh, three PFL uh, tournaments or should I say events of this uh, year. So obviously the first event's going to be this upcoming Thursday. And uh, that's going to be headlined by Kelly Harrison, uh, like I was telling you. But look, man, on this card is going to be dope. You have John Howard's going to be on this card. Ray Cooper III is on this card. He's somebody who we always, you know, they also were starting to bank on. And unfortunately, he lost in the final. But, yo, that's how, the, you know, it, it goes. Sarah Kaufman. And this is going to be on ESPN2. Um, um, PFL also May 23rd, they have Lance Palmer competing in that one, Andre Harrison, um, Ranzi Nijum, man, these are great fights that are happening on this one, that's going to be on ESPN+, Plus. that's May 23rd, and then June 6th, 
Um, they're actually also going to be on ESPN Plus. That's another stack card they have, man. So uh, PFL is looking great. Um, one thing that I'm actually really looking forward to is that they have uh, a couple dudes um, fighting for the PFL. Um, for instance, Jordan Johnson. He's somebody who actually used to fight for the UFC. He was 4-0 in the UFC as a heavyweight and was starting to make a lot of noise there. He's 10-0 altogether, and he left. He left the UFC to go ahead and make a name for himself in the PFL. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do there. And honestly, man, I was thinking about why he would have done that. But look, it makes sense. Within a year's time, if you think about it, and he, think he's, he, he feels himself that much. He's like, I'm 10 and 0. I was 4 in the UFC. And the people in this organization probably aren't as good as the people in the UFC. I'm going to go over here for a year, do work, win a million dollars. And then I'm going to go back to the UFC and say, yo, what up? And they're going to put him back into it with the championship there. Look, man, bing, bing. I feel you. That makes sense. So, look, I, w- I definitely want to see Jordan Johnson. I'm going to be pulling for him. Um, uh, and, look, man, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, Ray Parker, like I said, he stumbled the first half, but uh, he should be fun. And um, that's that one, man. So, PFL should be fun this weekend. This weekend, actually, you know what? Before we get to the rest of the uh, fight card for this weekend, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Also, remember, Sage Eats has fitness mentoring. They take care of all of your fitness needs. They sit there. They write out four-week programming for you that are specific to your goals. You have a coach that comes in and checks on you and is a accountability coach and even helps with your nutrition. Check out Sage Eats today. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember the Fight Podcast. Also, you can find, uh, find um, um, every... Man, goodness, man, I'm messing up. Ah, look, support the show. Check us out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. There you can go ahead and purchase merch. Ha <laughs> ha, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, we have hoodies, we have tees, we have hats. Um, check us out, support the show, man. We really do appreciate it. Um, you can donate, you can see what we're all about. Uh, we're trying to bring you the best content possible, man. And make sure you let people know about the show, man. We are everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and so much more more man so go ahead support the show with that being said jumping right back into episode 110 all right man so look this weekend we have a lot um and to be honest with you i really hate when this happens man i really hate when the ufc and bellator have two amazing events on the same night and part of me really wishes that Bellator actually a little had a little bit more foresight didn't go head to head with the ufc's pay-per-view event they had the PFL on Thursday, Bellator, which goes on Friday all the time anyways. They should have went on Friday with this big event and then rock with the UFC. But either way, look, it's cool. I'll be able to watch both of them anyways. Um, 
Man, but both cards are super stacked. Um, obviously, the UFC's pay-per-view is going to be in Rio, and uh, and that's in Brazil. Come on, people. And that's going to be your headline by Rose Namajunas, the champion at 115 pounds. Um, and she's going to go ahead and fight against this just the absolute wrecking machine, man, Jessica Andrade. Um, and that's going to be in Rio, like I said. But Bellator also, man, has an amazing card. This is Bellator 221, and this is going to go ahead and be Michael Chandler, the champion at 155 pounds and he's going to be fighting the 145 pounds patricky pitbull man uh so look that's going to be the all say arena here in rosemont oh not here in rosemont i'm in chicago but uh this is going to be in um in uh, in rosemont illinois which is right outside of chicago um and that should be great um also that's going to be the welterweight grand prix semifinal between douglas lima and michael venom page i cannot wait to see that one man um but uh check it out this is where i want to start i want to go ahead and start with the um the ufc card okay because i'll be honest with you if i truly had to pick which one i would watch more i want to watch Look, I'm probably, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to watch the UFC's car just because the uh, production value is is better. Um, but fight-wise, I, I think I'm far more interested in seeing the fights that are coming up for the Bellator card. So that's why I'm going to save that one for last, man. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and talk about this one because this is a really, really interesting fight. Yeah, the champion, Rose Namajunas, um, who's actually the underdog. And this rarely happens, yo. Uh, but she's the underdog against Jessica Andrej, um, uh, who was the number one contender at the uh, the women's strawweight division there at the UFC. Um, look, I'm a huge fan of Rose Namajunas. Uh, I, she's in her last, uh, five fights, she's four and one as is Jessica Andrej. And I feel like we have been able to, I feel because of Pat Barry and the teams that she's been associated with, I feel like we've really watched her grow over the last couple of years. Right. I, I feel like I, you know, we, you've seen her from the, like the invicted days when she was like, you know, really green to watching her, you know, in the ultimate fighter and losing to Carlos Sparza to continuing developing and then just completely just dominating the most dominant female champion at the point in time of all time. And, and um, when she blasted Joanna and Jacek, and then she goes out there and does it again. But before that, let's not forget, she went ahead and choked out the karate hottie in Michelle Waterson, who's, who's pretty much put herself in line back for another shot at the title. So she's done work, man. Um, but on the other side, Jessica Andrade, man, she's, she's put a, you know, a, a lot uh, in place and a lot together um, for herself, man. She, yeah, um, think about this. She, she just beat Carolina Kovacavik. Who beat Rose Namajunas? That's her one loss. She beat Claudia Gedalia, who is one of the best at 115 pounds ever. She has, she beat the Tiny Tornado and Tisha Torres. She has really, really impressive wins. I don't know who I can say has the most. I mean, they're pretty even, man. So um, I can tell why people are somewhat giving Jessica Andrade this, uh, the, 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 the benefit in this fight. But I think they're actually giving her the the go-ahead or making her the favorite in this fight, not because of who she's beaten, but because where this fight is actually taking place. Yo, man, this fight's taking place in Rio. She's from Brazil. 
Now she's from right outside of Rio, and uh, and Jessica Andrade has a really interesting like story. This, this chick was kind of like a farmer, you know what I'm saying? Like pushing tractors and whatnot. Um, so she's absolutely has that like farmer strength, you know what I'm saying? And and she fights like it. She's a little fire plug, man. She's explosive. Um, and she if she lands on anybody, she's putting you out. Stays in your chest, really, really physically strong. When Rose Namajunas, on the other hand, does have a dynamic and really explosive and aggressive grappling game, she's not as physically imposing as um, as Jessica Andrade. But at the same time, her power is just as relevant, and it seems like it's continued developing through her coaches. You know, obviously, you have Pat Barry, who was her husband. Um, and, um, the rest of her team, which I am blanking on at the time I see him in this, like I could picture buddy right now, but I can't think of it. Um, but think about it. These are the individuals that are in her corner, man. Uh, but again, she does have an extremely interesting story. Um, and here's the thing. If you look at both women, if we look at the common opponent, right, they do have a common opponent, which is Yoani and Jacek. Yoana did work, really did work against um 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 what's her name? Hold on a second. I'm moving stuff around. My bad. Uh, but Jeffrey uh, against Jessica Andras, she's really done work against her. But um, she Yoana uh, against Andras really stayed on the outside. She was able to stay on the outside. She was able to use her hand speed and she was able to control the distance of the fight with footwork and pretty much keeping, you know, just volume on her. Rose fights a little differently, but Rose also is another one that has really great footwork. I believe she's going to be able to stay on the outside. I think she's going to be able to use her length. And I think she's going to be able to time, even though, yes, the fight's happening in Brazil. And people think that that's a big deal. And I really do believe that people are actually making this a bigger deal than it's really worth. I don't think it's a big deal at all, man. Yeah, it's in Brazil. But Brazil's not scary like Brazil used to be. Especially on the MMA scene. Especially since USADA. Come on, man. Let's keep it funky. We know that's what the case is. And it even shows when you're actually watching the major cards and you see, dude, Neil Magny went down there and beat, uh, beat uh, Leota Machida. Phil Davis went down there and beat all kinds of people. It's not the same. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it seem. Um, I I believe in the champion Rose Namajunas. I believe she's really coming into her own. Um, and I think honestly, the biggest threat to Rose Namajunas is not Jessica Andrade. I think it's Tatiana Suarez. I think her wrestling, her size, her physicality is the biggest stylistic threat to Rose Namajunas. Um, and I think that's the one. And I think she's sometimes somewhere around rated number three right now. So that fight's inevitable. It's it's gonna happen. So um, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, but yo, the rest of this fight card also is, is interesting. Now, here's the thing: the Coleman event, ah, I, I I can do without. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's Anderson Silva versus Jared Cantonier. Um, Jared Cantonier, um, somebody who used to fight, you know, be well over 300 pounds. Uh, he ended up fighting at 246 pounds at heavyweight. Um, had a win at heavyweight. Um, he ended up moving down to 205, and now he's down to to um. 
285 pounds. He's a middleweight, had a great fight. Um, his first fight got a, a stoppage win in his first fight for like 30 seconds against David Branch, who was highly rated at the time. And now because of that, Jared Cadnier is rated number 10 and he's been awarded and he's fighting Anderson Silva, who's only rated number 14. But in his last time out, he fought obviously the last style bender and who is the current intern champion in Israel Adesanya. So Anderson, even though he hasn't won in a long time, Anderson still looks like he can fight. Jared Katnir is somebody who has gone through a lot. He's gone through a physical transformation. And he's even moved. He's from Alaska. And look, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how many brothers are actually from Alaska, but Jared Katnir is one of them. I, yo, I have no idea. That's like the furthest away. He might as well be a Russian. Uh, but Jared Katnir, man, from Alaska. He's finally moved from Alaska. Now he's in the desert um, of Arizona. He's fighting at the MMA lab, Ben um, Ben Henderson's MMA lab. And it seems like he he physically looks imposing. Um, from the bigger weight classes, we know he can take a shot. Um, and honestly, he might not be afraid of Anderson Silva. He might be able to walk him down. And here's the thing. If you you talk to him and you read articles and everything about him, Jaron Katnir is extremely, extremely focused. And he's extremely confident in his power. He consistently talks about knocking out his opponent. And he thoroughly believes that he's going to go out here and knock Anderson Silva out. He thinks that 185 pounds, nobody's going to stop him. And if that's the case, man, it's possible. I mean, look, anything could happen. Um, But I was so shocked, man. I just didn't understand why Anderson Silva even took this fight. Why would you take this fight? What does it mean? What, What does it mean for his legacy? It doesn't make sense. Adesanya made sense, passing of the torch moment. I get it. I fuck with it. Cool. If you told me it was Robbie Lawler moving up to Buck 85 is fighting, man, longtime fan, you're you giving me something. I mess with it. Yeah, let's do it. Jericho near? Why would you make this happen? And Anderson, why would you take it? Um, is this going to be his last fight? Anderson has two more fights on his deal. Or two or three. I think three, actually. He's always said he wants to retire in Brazil. Is this somebody that he feels like he can just dominate, get a get a win and go? If that's the case, why don't you just give him a bum? I don't know, man. I, I don't see the rationale behind it. Um, look. It's in uh, everything in me tells me Jared Cantonier is going to win this fight. I'm going to say uh, Madison Silva just because he's the OG. This is the last hurrah. Let's go for him. But I don't know, man. Um, all right, moving, moving right along, man. Um, this fight I'm super interested in, man. We have, um, arguably the greatest featherweight champion of all time in Jose Aldo Jr. Fighting the number four rank Alexander Volkanovsky. Man, I like this fight, man. And Alexander Volkanovsky is a scary dude, man. Um, if you don't know who he is, um, 
compact uh, wrestler um, type explosive power. Dude is an absolute beast, man. Um, Volkanovski, man, um, going out there and he has obviously he's fighting the toughest fight of his career. Um, he's somebody who, again, he's 19 and one in this crazy, super young career. Um, he's beat some super, super, super tough guys. He beat Chad Man- Mendez. Not only did he beat Chad Mendez, it looks like he might have retired, buddy, because I haven't heard of Chad Mendez ever since then. He beat Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins was on a roll uh, before he went out there and just completely dominated him. And like I said, he went ahead and TKO'd, uh, KO, TKO'd um, um, Chad Mendez in the second round of their last time out. Dude is a beast, man. And um, again, he's on a 16-fight winning streak. 11 of his wins are by knockout. Compact, he's explosive. And now he's going out there and fighting against Jose Aldo, who, I'm be honest with you, has been fighting better than he has in years. Finish Jeremy Stevens. You know, he he's doing, he's been doing work. And um and 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 looks like he's ready for another title shot. So um whoever wins this fight, obviously it gets probably another shot of the title. Or like I said before, I believe that they probably should give the title shot to Frankie Edgar and um and have um one of these guys end up probably fighting somebody like a Zabit. Um, or something like that and then that division continues moving as well man so we'll see what happens though um i'm I'm really interested um man i like alexander volkanovsky i think he's explosive i think he's tough um jose aldo seems like he has found something um this is gonna be a tough fight I'm going with Volkanovski. I think Alexander Volkanovski is going to be too much. I think his pressure and his pace is going to be too much. And um, and we'll end up seeing what happens with that one. Uh, rounding out the main card, you have Tiago Alves uh, fighting uh, Loriano Sardopoli. And uh, that should be a fun fight. Uh, some strikers. Tiago's look good. Sardopoli is a young up-and-coming dude. Francisco Trinaldo, who's an absolute monster, is fighting Diego Ferreira, who's another monster. That should be a really fun fight, man. So, look, man, all in all, man, the UFC has a really, really, really dope uh, fight card this weekend. Let me look at my notes for the clues. Anything else I wanted to bring up about this fight card? Um, Jerry Catanier, yep, he's fat. Yep, brought that up. Uh, Brazil, cool. All right, yeah, man. Uh, this has been solid. I can't wait to see this fight card. Um, now moving over to Bellator, uh, Chandler versus Pitbull. Um, this fight is going to be good. And again, this is not Patricky Pitbull. This is Patricio Pitbull. Um, he is the 145 pound champion. Michael Chandler fought Patricky Pitbull, which was his brother, or which is his brother. Um. And uh, Michael Chandler's beat him um, twice. The last time he fought him was actually three years ago. Uh, Michael Chandler KO'd him with a huge right hand, right on the button. And then afterwards, jumped on a cage and started yelling at Patricio. So check this out, man. This is a legitimate super fight in Bellator right now. This is the current 145-pound champion moving up and actually fighting against the current 155-pound champion. And here's the thing, man. These guys both started at the same time in Bellator. They came to the organization around the same event even. 
They've been around for 10 years. And not only have they been around for 10 years, these guys have the exact same amount of wins, which is the most wins in Bellator history, 16. They also have the most finish or knockouts and finishes with 10 in uh, Bellator history also. So these are guys that have kind of mirrored each other's careers ever since they've been in Bellator. So it's it's a great thing and it's kind of just luck that we actually get an opportunity to finally see these two great fighters go against each other. This should be a lot of fun. Michael Chandler, bigger, more physical dude, man. 18 and 4 record. Um d- dude is a monster. Complete savage. Um lost his title um on some goofy nonsense. Uh, he ended up winning it back on a pretty, um, you know, decisive win. And Patricio Pitbull is a, an absolute monster, huge power, um, extremely explosive. This should be a fun fight. I have to go with Michael Chandler. I think he's a bigger, more explosive man. And everything that Patricio does well, Michael Chandler does better. So I have to go with him on that one. But this one should be an incredible fight. Um, the fight that I cannot wait to see, man, is Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page. This is the welterweight Grand Prix semifinal. Um, why am I interested in this fight? I am super interested in this fight because I believe this is the first time that we're going to see Michael Venom Page in there against somebody that's not afraid of him. I think this is going to be his first real, real test, man. Um, Douglas Lima is someone who has recently held the belterweight title. He is somebody who believes he should still have that title. He's 30 and 7. Um, he's huge for the weight class. He's somebody who walks around well over 200 pounds. And uh, he is a wrecking machine, man. All the majority of his wins are by knockout. He doesn't play games. Obviously, we know Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page, the organization loves him. Um, the sports world loves him. He's fun. He's exciting. Um, he has that um that really tricky style of like point karate, um, really sniper-like in and out movements. When in turn, Douglas Lima has a much more Dutch kickboxing hands, very high, hard leg kicks, big power, something essentially that was similar to something that um, Semtex Paul Daly also has. But Douglas Lima is a much larger version of that and somebody who has much more power and somebody who is going to stick to his guns regardless on what happens. And he's, he, he lives and dies on that skill set. He's fought some of the best guys in the world. He's fought the Rory McDonald's of the world. He's fought the Ben Askrens of the world. He's not intimidated by any of them. The Korshkovs. And he's beaten a lot of these guys, man. So Douglas Lima is going to be the first real test for Michael Venom Page. I'm looking forward to seeing this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am still not completely sold on MVP. I'm not. I haven't seen it enough. Every time I've seen him, his ground game looks shitty, complete trash. And I'm sorry to knock him like that. Honestly, yes. Would he probably tap me out? 100%. But regardless, if I'm talking about, if I'm watching on television at the highest level, he does not have high level grappling. He doesn't. When I look at somebody, for instance, who is a predominantly a striker, we look at a somebody like um, Israel Adesanya. He was able to adapt his style and actually grow on the ground. Look, man, he almost submitted Kelvin Gaslam through a nasty guillotine, threw up a nasty triangle. 
dude is real. And I've seen the, the, the developments in his game. That's why I'm so high on Israel Adesanya. And that's why I'm not as high on Michael Venom Page. I don't see that same dynamic on the ground. When he was on, he got controlled and taken down by Paul Daly, who's not a, who's not a grappler, who doesn't even like grappling. Douglas Lima doesn't mind grappling. He's big, he's physical, and if he takes Michael Venom Page down, he's going to destroy him with ground and pound. Huge elbows, huge big punches. I see Douglas Lima getting a second round um, KO, TKO, uh, probably ground and pound in this fight. Um, but still, it's going to be good, and honestly, Michael Venom Page could stop him, man. You don't know. It's MMA. Everybody, no one knows, um, but this one should be entertaining. Um, and this one, I'm all also interested in man we have aj mckee he's 13 and no man he's the up and coming he's the other big up and coming star right um in um in in uh in 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 bellator um you have the aaron picos and you have aaron, aaron mckee 13 and no he's fighting the former champion at featherweight pat current um, Pat Curran out of the Chicago area. I'm a big fan. Uh, dude is a beast, man. 23 and 7. He's one of the OGs of the sport. Um, he has a great fight team. Uh, dude is nice. Uh, this fight should be entertaining. Pat Curran is somebody with power, super dynamic. AJ McKee has great grappling, great wrestling. Um, but he's also somebody who has, you know, huge power in his hands. Also, I'm going with the young guy. Gotta go with AJ McKee. I think AJ McKee's going to go out there. I think he's going to dominate. And I think he's going to end up finishing Pat Curran. I'm going to go with the first round finish by AJ McKee, man. Um, it should be good, man. It really should. But check this out. Um, speaking of AJ McKee, and I found this to be really interesting, man. I guess we're going to go ahead and slide a little bit right into uh, fight news also. Um, but when you think about AJ McKee's pissed off and he's pissed at the main event. Because he feels that he should have a title shot already. He's only fought for Bellator. He's 13 and 0 in Bellator. And he feels it's a slap in the face that the champion, uh, Pitbull, um, is fighting for 155 pounds title and, and, and not fighting him. He pretty much said for him to go out there and fight, you know, another one when he's got someone who's undefeated here is just kind of a slap in the face. Um, he's pissed off at it. They pretty much got into it, you know, throughout the, uh, the media day press conference, even at the hotel, they said these guys are going back and forth yelling at each other. So there's, there's heat there. And here's the cool thing about that fight, regardless on what happens, regardless on what happens, regardless on, um, is all, let me rephrase that regardless on what happens with the, the main event at 55, as long as AJ McKee wins, that fight is still there. And that's something that I can see happening at some time later on this year, man. So we'll end up seeing what happens there. Um, like I said, yo, this is going to be a great fight weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Thursday night, PFL. A Friday night, nothing. Saturday, you got Bellator in the UFC. Um, great card all the way around. Uh, any other one I want to talk about in on that one? Jake Hager's back. Um, you know, what is that? Jack Swagger wrestler. He's probably going to win. They gave him some bum. They didn't even put a picture of him up there. Um, it should be fun though. All in all, everything should be fun. Great fight weekend. Um, now just kind of moving a little bit over to uh fight news. And again, I talked about most of the stuff on there. Let me see anything else I missed. Not at all, man. That's about it. Boom. 
There it is, man. Great fight weekend coming up this weekend. I can't wait for it. Um, yo, we have a lot of things in the works uh, for you guys. I know I've been talking about IGTV. That is coming up very, very soon. Um, we also have a lot of interviews coming, man. I actually got a lot of them in the tuck. Um, we have that. Brandon Camille's coming back this week. We're going to talk a little bit, a little bit of boxing. It's going to be a little shorter episode, but we're going to talk about boxing a little bit. And um, we're going to continue having a lot of fun. With that being said, man, I say that a lot, I know. Thank you guys for joining me, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats, healthy meals, fitness mentoring. Sign up at Sage Eats Chicago, www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Follow the Fight Podcast on all social media networks at the Fight Podcast. Follow your boy. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, you know, um, support the show, man. Check us out. The website, uh, thefightpodcast.com. Like I told you guys earlier, go on there. You can donate for the show. The more you donate, the more you, you buy merch. merch. Uh, the more we can do. And the more we can do, man, the more we're going to continue bringing dope content to you guys. Um, yo. This has been episode 110, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back soon. As always, I'm your host, Serge Vicente. I'll see you guys next time. This is the Fight Podcast. Deuces.